0: it is right to be thankful to the lord for his many blessings in our lives and today we have had so many already thank you kayla beautiful what a blessing to have you as a part of our staff and leadership here at the church and uh, we'd have brought you here even if you couldn't do that but uh, that was fantastic thank you that song ties into what we're going to be hearing in a minute, but I, but I want to mention choir. Thank you. What an awesome season. This is the last of the choir for this season. You know, they go and then they take the summer off and they come back in the fall. But what an awesome season. Outstanding. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Have, we were good this year, yeah? I think it was the best year yet. So just keep it going. I expect better even than this next year. So keep it going. <laughs> All right, outstanding. Well, it's one of those... Again, thank God for the blessings, but sometimes those blessings take some of our people to all kinds of different things. I'm, I'm here alone today because uh, my family's all over at the Festival of Arts, participating at Forest Lake Academy and the events going on over there. I guess there's like 700 kids from outside the area that are here uh, to either be in the orchestra or the band or, or in the choirs or in the bell choirs, all that going on right now and uh, what a special thing that is. With A lot of folks uh, over there participating. There's a group of our young people at Surf Safari. Pastor Mark's got a group of young people out this weekend. I hope you'll, you'll remember them and pray for them. You know, it's in your life as a young person, there's a lot of experiences that go to make up your life and who you become, and, and Pastor Mark's got them out there. He's laying another righteous brick in their house of faith. And I saw a really neat picture of them on, on Facebook this morning. They were all out there at 6 a.m. watching the sun come up. And uh, it, the caption was alone time. And he had them so that none of the kids could be within like 50 feet of each other. And there's just this mass of kids all spread out across the beach watching the sun come up, spending a minute in prayer with the Lord at the start of the day. So. Pray for Pastor Mark and the young people. And then we've got a group that's gone out to California for the robotics uh, program championship, whatever exactly that is. But they're, they're from Fleece, and they've, they've done this couple of years now. They've done great, and, and they're in the finals again this year. So we are really proud of them and for the work they're doing. But it means folks are gone. Folks get taken here and there. Uh, but God is good. And uh, we're pleased that we have these opportunities in this community to be involved in all those things. But I am so glad you're here today because today is a powerful day. And the Lord is going to be here with us today. And there is going to be powerful blessing at the end of this service. I say this because I was at first, and I know what happened there. And I believe the same Spirit will move in our hearts again today. But let's begin with a prayer. Father in heaven, we ask now that your Spirit will come, that our hearts will be open, that we will hear your voice. Be with Yamil as she shares with us today from her experience. May our hearts be open to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We've come to the last Sabbath of our Walls series, and I very much appreciate Pastor Bernie for coming up with this whole idea for this series. Uh, As we got into it, it just was fun and amazing stories that have walls in them in the Bible. That's kind of what tied it all together, stories in the Bible with walls. This was our series with the small groups, and if you participated in a group this time, you know the extra blessing that when you come, you've already wrestled with some of these texts and some of these thoughts. Well, today's going to be a little different. Today we're talking about walls, but we're talking today about when the walls close in on us. If you were with us last Sabbath, you remember we talked about Balaam and riding the donkey and when you're set off, you're trying to squeeze between a wall and the angel of the Lord. When you've gone off on a reckless course, sometimes you crash into the wall and, and your foot gets crushed and it hurts. It hurts. And God uses that pain to bring us back to where we need to be. But maybe you've also had this experience, an experience where you're not going off contrary to God's will. You're not doing anything different from what he wants you to do. And yet, still, some sort of pain or crisis finds you. And you think, how did this happen? I'm doing what God wanted me to do. Well, if you've ever been in that situation, then you know what it was like for Jeremiah. You see, back in the days when Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Daniel were all prophets at the same time, you remember we talked about that last year, and the Babylonians came against Jerusalem, and. And as they were taking Daniel off to captivity and then taking Ezekiel off to captivity, you know Daniel and Ezekiel must have been thinking, Lord, why me? Why am I going into captivity? Why can't I stay in Jerusalem? But then after the years went by, Jeremiah, who was in Jerusalem, was probably saying, Lord, why me? Why didn't I get to go to Babylon? This is terrible here. Because you see, The king had rebelled against the king of Babylon. And now the armies of Babylon were back. And the people in the city were starving. And Jeremiah was God's prophet in the city. And God came to Jeremiah and said, here's the message I want you to give. But it wasn't really the message that the people that were in leadership wanted to hear. The message was, you're gonna lose, give up, Turn yourself in to the Babylonians. Let them take you away and it'll be fine for you. You know what we call that? That's called traitor. You've heard that term? That's called encouraging the soldiers to cowardice. But that was the message God gave Jeremiah to give. And they weren't very happy when he did it. And so a bunch of the ones from the court took him... All he was doing was God's will, right? Took him and lowered him into a cistern. Now a cistern was a a big container for holding water. These things could be as big as this room. They lowered him down into it. There wasn't water in it because the city was running out of water, but there was mud in the bottom. And the Bible tells us he sunk down into the mud and the walls closed in. Can you imagine what that must have been like to look up at what's now just a little opening where the light is and you're now in the stuck in the muck with no idea if you'll ever get out of here alive? This is what it feels like when the walls close in. And sometimes the walls close in even when we're doing exactly what God has asked us to do. The question, can you keep your faith when the walls close in? Today you'll hear a testimony of what it's like when the walls close in and what it means to keep your faith.
1: good morning happy Sabbath Sabbath. it truly is an honor for me to be here today with every one of you I um, have been praying for this day and there was a time where I was home and I got to watch via internet so I appreciate the ministry there but today I'm simply here to share my journey and my tribute to my healer because you see I was on a long time health journey and I claimed to God this promise I said Lord heal me so I can publicly praise you I want to get up in front of the church and I want to let people know that you're alive that you're well and that you have rescued me and so this morning it's my honor to be here because I am here to keep my covenant with God To tell you a little bit about my family, I have two teenagers at the time. My son was 12, my daughter was 15, Forest Lake Academy and Forest Lake Education Center. And our house is a bundle of joy, lots going on all the time. And at that time, we actually had an exchange student from Spain who wanted to come and stay with us and go to Forest Lake Academy and learn English. So our house was just full of joy and happiness. But I wasn't feeling that well, and so, of course, as we do, we go into the doctor, and on October 25, 2012, I was diagnosed with an aggressive tumor in my breast. The doctors um, told me that I was going to have to go into treatment immediately. And at that time, you can imagine, I had so much going on, everything was going great at work. Um, I work at Florida Hospital, I've been there proudly for 31 years, although I'm 25 so I don't know how that happens. Um, But I was very, very much committed to, to my work and what I was doing and so when that news came, it was devastating to our family. And I remember even my exchange student's mom called and said, this is gonna to be too much of a journey. Send her back. We'll send her next year. And I said, no, if God sent Ainoam to our home, then she is, she is going to remain here and she'll be our angel through this. And that she was. So I remember the day that I was driving to Florida Hospital and I wasn't going into work. I was actually going to be a patient there. And it was a different feeling and a feeling of uncertainty. And I, as we drove there, I said, God, give me a sign. And as Christians, we have the faith and we want to believe, but there's just something about having a sign. And as we were driving to Florida Hospital, there was a big rainbow over the Ginsburg Tower. I remember seeing it. I took this picture from my four, and I immediately this Bible verse came to mind. Be strong and courageous, Yamil. Do not be afraid, for I will never, never, never will I leave or forsake you. And that gave me the strength as I walked in to be seen that day. And I remembered once they told me everything that was happening, and again, it's an out-of-body experience because you work there and you do this every day. You know the papers you need to sign, you know the process, but now you're actually going through it. That Sabbath, I went to my small church, to another church that I visit, and all I could do was kneel because I thought, you know what? When life gets too tough, to stand all you can do is kneel and ask God for his will to be done because I couldn't understand I didn't really I I couldn't fathom this time in my life but I did know one thing and I had been taught this from a time since I was very little about prayer the power of prayer and the power of anointing and for me it was very personal because the anointing for me became more important as I started my journey versus in the end of my journey. And so I asked the pastors, I called them and I said, please come and pray prior to me going into treatment because I do believe that the prayers of the faith will heal the sick and I want to be healed. I want to be able to be there for my children and this is such an important time in their life. I need to be there and secretly I just really thought, well Lord, if this is not gonna turn out well, at least let me see my children graduate from, from Forest Lake and fleece. at least give me something, give me some type of hope. And you know, like I said, when you're first diagnosed immediately, the external is what starts changing. And, and at the time, for a little bit of background, um, that physical journey, there was that security of just who you were as a person, what was going to happen going forward in, in my role, in my job, um, you know, my hair, um, what was going to happen. And I thought, well, surely if I go in and I pray a lot, and I'll just sit in a corner in chemo and not really discuss with too many people and just kind of focus on what I need to do, I can go in, I'll have my chemo, then I can walk across the way and go back to work, do some work, and then go home. Well as all of you know that I've probably been touched or close to someone who has that doesn't happen and so in that chair I remember thinking I'm just gonna come in I don't want anyone to see me in my vulnerable state I'm just gonna do my thing and leave but in the time that I was starting to accept and embrace my situation I realized that you know what you can sit here and you can get really depressed about this or you can take charge embrace it and I had a haircutting party and I've heard more and more people doing that and you just accept the situation. You say, Lord, let me, just, just give me the faith to walk through this. Let me be strong enough to, to make it through because what I will tell you is while we want to believe that it's not so tough, I, I can't explain and emphasize enough how difficult of a journey it is. And I could sit here today and go through all the details of all the darkness but that's really not the purpose. For me to come today, I want to come and, and give you hope and encourage you. Because through these treatments, through the symptoms, through it all, which in life looks differently. For me, it was a health issue. For you, it may be something different. It's a physical pain. It is a, 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 a change in the way we live our life, And it's really the enemy trying to test our faith. And through it all, I knew. I said, God, please spare me so that I can smile again. That's all. I have so much pain. I, I would lay there sometimes and I'd tell my kids, I'm just going to sleep so I could sleep through the pain. Um, but, uh, but mom's not giving up. Just, you know, God is with us and, and we're going to make it through. So whether I was at the MRI, uh, getting my MRIs or going through the PET scan machines and understand I've had a role in the past where I got to help select the type of, of machines we're going to use at the hospital and now I'm actually using them. Um, I just went through claiming. God you know just be with me and claiming his promises and at that point this is the Bible verse that came to me and I would encourage each and every one of you that are going through something to consider it joy consider it joy when troubles come your way for when your faith is tested your endurance has a chance to grow and when your endurance is fully developed you'll be strong in character and you will be ready for anything. So through it all, I felt God just really leading in my life and sometimes people are like, you always seem very positive through it. Well, there were times where it wasn't quite like that but I considered it joy because I said, this is my time to draw closer to God and to determine his full will in my life because it is in the crisis that we really recognize the power of our savior. And so when I started to believe and, and understand that more fully, I thought, all right, so what am I going to do? I have all this time. I do lots of things and I, yes, I have to go through chemo, but there surely is more to do. And my son had come to me right before I got sick and said, mom, for I, I have um, a birthday request and, you know, someone's going to be 13. You're like, okay, what's that birthday request, Max? He goes, I've really been thinking about it and I want to get baptized. And when he told me that, I said, that's it. God wants me to help this little boy learn more about him. And I had initially thought, well, we'll get the pastors to come and we'll give him Bible studies. But then I felt God speaking to my heart, no, you don't need a pastor, you need to teach your son. And so I made it part of my journey. And so every Wednesday, it was something for me to look forward to, I would wait for my son and his friend to come and we would do Bible studies. So Thursdays I would get chemo, you kind of get sick and you're down and out. And Wednesdays is my good day and I could do the Bible studies with them. And it gave me a purpose, it gave me a reason. It reminded me of how I my parents had invested in me and poured into my spiritual bank account what I needed during this time and during this journey. And I would I would Invoke that upon you and challenge you. So much time we think about how we want to save our money for retirement. Or we have an investment to make and, and saving up. But are we saving spiritually? Are we connecting those Bible promises to our life? To our life source? Through the praise and worship song. They can't thank Kayla enough for her song. Those, those fill, they fill our bank account through the time with God our devotional time and the time that we supported each other spiritually. And so it was during that time that I felt starting to get deeper connections not only with my family, with our with my caregivers, but also with some of the individuals that I met through my cancer journey. And I know many of you in this room prayed for me, and I pause now to thank you. And I tell you that God has heard your prayer and he has answered faithfully and for that I will be eternally grateful and as I think about that and the individuals that I met as I um, journeyed through and as I said I thought I'd go into chemo and just be in my little corner and not make any friends but that's not like me and soon after several weeks I'd start opening my curtain up just to see what was happening and I met a friend and his name is Mr. Arnold and Mr. Arnold would um, kind of sit far from me, and every time I'd walk out, I would say, hello. you know, I'd say goodbye, or when I'd come in, I'd say good morning. And um, one day I was walking out, and he kind of... Uh, called me and he says "Um, now what is your name young lady and I said my name is Miss Luna like the moon and he says oh no I'm going to call you my sunshine because every time you come in this chemo suite you light up the room and I said okay Mr. Arnold you can call me your sunshine and I would go in and he'd sing to me um, that song you are my sunshine and he's just such a kind and warm soul strong strong warrior and he'd tell me stories, fishing trip stories and he would tell me how he had been battling cancer and he'd encourage me and um, it got to the point where now um, we were saving seats for each other at chemo, whoever got there first so we could get the good part of the seats in, in the chemo suite and so he from then on we I would say you are my chemo buddy and I started to realize through this that God was gonna use me in a different way. And so I had initially thought, well, I need to get in at work and do my thing and minister for God in the role that I'm in. But God had a different purpose. And it was all in how I would approach this, this time with him. And I met many people like Mr. Arnold, but we actually had um, a very special connection. And through that, I started to realize that even in the worst of situations, you have to figure out how to make it the best of situations and through that then my family started to enjoy the time of uh, trying on wigs or uh, trying different types of um, drinks and juices and uh, you get all kinds of advice of what to do when you have cancer of everybody that's tried something and so we started to make the the best out of the situation um, I say that and and I don't want to take it lightly because God brought me through so much so much. I had aggressive chemotherapy for about five months. I had a seven and a half hour surgery Um, and you can see there I had a double mastectomy. I had a full node resection which means that I had cancer in my lymph nodes on my right side so I had to remove them all and so forever my my right hand will be a little bigger than my left Um, but it just keeps me humble and I recovered for ten weeks and then I had radiation. At that time, I got to go back to work, which was really exciting. And, um, and then I, I had um, a second surgery. Through that time, as I started to think about how God worked, what I realized was one week Before I had this massive surgery, God gifted me with the most amazing gift in my life to this day. And that was that all three of my children, my daughter, my son, and my exchange student were baptized the week before I went into surgery. So secretly, I prayed to God and I thanked Him and I said, Lord, if I don't make it through, I know I have done your will on this earth, for I brought my children before your throne. And so, I prayed this upon them, of all the people on the earth, the Lord has chosen you, my three children, as your special treasure. And my takeaways were that my faith was deepened because of my situation, and I also knew in my heart that the power of prayer should never be underestimated. God can work amazing things when we fall before his throne and pray. And and in congregation, I remember telling Pastor Mark, just tell everybody to pray. I want there to be so many prayers going before God's thrones that the angels would say, can you just heal this one lady so we can take care of the rest of the world? And I would just, would ask upon them to pray for me. And most importantly, something that we say is somewhat of a cliche, every day is a gift. It truly is. And I ask you today what seeds are you planting as you go through this life and this journey to bring souls to God's kingdom? And so, my life became that living testimony and with my family we knew that God was the God of miracles he works mighty wonders upon his nations and we knew that he had come into our home I told my children let me tell you something no matter what happens in your life you can read whatever Bible story but we have had a Bible story miracle in this home and I want you never to forget it so my life commenced once again the way it was before I had been diagnosed. And I felt this fire within me that said, be who God wants you to be and go set the world on fire. And so that was my thought, and I thought, Now I'm going to go back to Florida Hospital. I'm going to do even more things. And I have a story now. And there's just so much passion within me. Best laid plans. It was 2015 in December. And we were going to celebrate at the hospital. A big party for Christmas. And my family had a party. My kids were graduating in uh, 2015. And we were planning to go on a summer vacation to Hawaii. So there was just nothing that could go wrong. But as you know. The enemy does not sleep and he attacked our home again. It was in December of 2014 that I started to not feel very well and I had to go back to the Cancer Institute and it was a year later on a providential meeting and I say providential because I don't believe anything happens by chance. One year later, as I went to the Cancer Institute, I had not seen my friend Mr. Arnold in a while. And he was waiting outside for his ride. My husband said, don't go talk because you're going to get caught up and we've got to go. And I said, no, I want to go see him. I want to get a hug because I knew in my heart that I had something going on. And he goes, what's wrong, kid? It's good to see you. And I told him... I think something's wrong. I think maybe I have brain cancer or something because my head was hurting and it wasn't going away and I was trying to push through it at work and at home and I knew something was wrong. And he told me, you need to be brave, you need to be strong, you need to be courageous and God's gonna help you. And you know, now Mr. Arnold and I didn't talk a lot about God so when he told me that, I was kinda taken aback and I gave him a hug and he goes, I want you to know he did it for me through you he said when I used to sit in that chemo chair before you came in I used to think about what it would be like to die but after I met you I wondered what it would be like to live as happily as you live I wanted to know what it was that you had and I said it's the joy of the Lord and if we have had this time together for that purpose then praise be to him and I left The doctor called me immediately and said, you need to go to Florida Hospital immediately. You have, you do have cancer. It's stage four, it's aggressive, and we've got to start chemo within 48 hours. I was devastated. And when I was driving there, I thought, okay, because I was at Winter Park and I was coming back to Orlando campus, I thought, God, give give me a sign. I need something. I had a rainbow the first time. It was sunny out, so I know I wasn't probably going to see one. A bird, a flower, something that I could say, yeah, that's God's sign. When I was walking through Florida Hospital, I'd look for people to look at me and kind of give me some glance of some sort. It wasn't happening. But when I got to registration, they give you these code cards for HIPAA purposes. And when I got my card and I opened up my paperwork, what do you think my card said? It said, sunshine. Sunshine. And at that moment, that code name became everything. I said, okay, God, I know you're here. You're taking care of me. And that Bible verse came back to mind. Be strong and courageous. I will never leave you or forsake you. I don't know what you're going through today, but this is applicable to whatever your situation is. And at that time on December 10, I knew that I needed to ask for my miracle again. Because the Bible tells us in James 4.2 that we have not because we ask not. And I was going to ask. And I said, Lord, when I saw this tumor on my chest wall that was my diagnosis, and you'll see it here on the screen, Um, It was a uh, stage four, it was in my chest wall, it was around my superior vena cava, so it was constricting my heart, which is why oxygen wasn't going to my brain, and I was getting bad headaches. It had metastasized to my left shoulder, and this is what it looked like. I knew that it was not good. The doctor told me, he said, your options are limited. You." will not be a candidate for surgery, and if we do radiate, if we can get it small enough, then you will have some damage in your heart. So you need to call those prayer warriors, because every time I went in, I'd tell him about my prayer warriors. He goes, you need to call them again and tell them that you need another miracle. And at that time, I knew. I said, you know, my heart may fail, my, my, my spirit may grow weak, but God is mine forever. And people would ask me, where are the books you read to keep encouraged, what do you do, how do you make it through this time? I will tell you, brothers and sisters, it's all in the Bible. That is our source of strength. And as we go to it each and every day, we can build, no matter what you're going through, mine was a physical situation, but whatever you're going through, he is there and he is ours forever. And I was like, that's it. God's got this. Get thee behind me Satan, I'm God's girl and you are not going to mess with me. And so we went forth and I asked for another prayer and anointing service and um, the chaplains came and some very dear friends came and this was a song that became my icon song, Just As I Am. Because at that moment I was broken and I needed to be mended and most importantly, wounded, and I was longing to be healed. And I would cry out to God, just heal me. But today, if you're desperate, if you're empty, or if you're guilty, God can give you, he can rescue you, he can fill you, and he will pardon you. But you have to ask. Ask him and reach out to him. And so at this time, I knew that the good news was, I knew what was gonna happen. And the bad news was I knew what was gonna happen. So I said, all right, I know some things are gonna be certain. I started to wrap my head around it. My husband was gonna be right by my side. My children were going to walk through this with me because you see, this isn't just a solo journey. You can't do this alone. You need your friend's support. And I will tell you today, if somebody in your life is hurting, you need to send a message, you need to send a text Those served as sustainment. It was almost as good as the food I ate and the chemo that I had when I knew that people were praying for me. There came a point where when you're first sick, everybody sends you cards and then it kind of drizzles off. So I'd save my cards, and I, and I wasn't allowed to have candy, and I love Hershey Kisses. So I said, my cards are my Hershey Kisses. And I would save my cards so that I could read them over a period of time. And I would be sustained by that. The individuals that would come from, from the church and also the Forest Lake Panthers as you see there, those young handsome boys shaved their head for me in um, solidarity that they were going to be praying and walking through in prayer this time with me. And so as I journeyed, the one exciting thing for me going back to chemo was that I got to sit by my friend Mr. Arnold again and that did bring me great joy and we reconvened our stories and we had amazing conversations about so many things in life. The sad thing was I didn't realize that he was so ill and unfortunately in March of 2015 he passed away. I posted this message on Facebook that says, I'll see you in heaven, Mr. Arnold, where we will both be cancer free forever. Save me a seat. And I know that I'm gonna see him again in that Jerusalem made new. And I shared with his sister that I would be giving my testimony today and her and her family are here and I just want to tell you again how much he meant to me. And I'm grateful that you can share in this testimony this morning. Because tomorrow is not promised. We need to live each day like it's our last. We need to live each day with that hope knowing that we do have a better place for going. And I will tell you that that's when you start realizing that you have to dig deeper in your faith. And when you have someone that close to you pass away that sits next to you every week It is that reality, one person after the next, and I just claim to God, you've been my God from the moment I was born. Do not stay far from me, for trouble is near and no one else can help me. You go from a point of human ability to sheer surrender that God is in control of your life and that he will take you where his will and you follow and you believe and you have that faith and that's really what I wanted to leave for my family as I built their spiritual bank account I had no security if I would make it through but I did know one thing I was going to make sure that I was helping them through this journey as well and so my tactical approach to my both, both of my different journeys was really about attitude. I had to stay positive, find joy, find things that I could connect with, stress-free joy, um, and not let fear get the, the best of me, and embrace my situation and figure out what lesson was there to be learned. How could I become a better person because of what I had gone through? And through it all, endure in faithfulness. And so through that, the the next slide please heaven exploded and at that point I realized it was that I was gonna give total glory to God because you see he brought me through a storm a storm that I knew that I needed to come back and give praise to him so on May 5 of last year after six months of aggressive chemotherapy, I was confirmed with a clean PET scan and a clean brain MRI yet again. And the doctor told me, I remember Dr. Alamani says, Yamil, the chemo worked. And I said, no, Dr. Alamani, God worked. God worked another miracle in my life. <laughs> Praise God. And So my desire to see my children graduate came to fruition and I knew at that point by training up a child in the way they will go, they will not depart from it. And in that, we were able to celebrate and yes, I even made it to my Hawaiian summer vacation. (laughs) And I praise God for that too. What a wonderful journey. I will tell you today and leave you with this. That God has a purpose for your pain. He has a reason for your struggles. The greatest thing is that he has a reward for your faithfulness. So don't give up. Because in your faithfulness, you will see God's faithfulness. And through that, I leave you with the fact that my purpose in keeping my covenant with my healer is really all cornerstone in this Bible verse. I'm here to proclaim to all of you that God is alive. He hears our prayers. He's in the business of performing miracles. And that God that saw the children of Israel through the desert and opened up the seas. And the God of Moses, the God of Abraham, the God of Joseph is the God of today. And he is awesome. And all praise be to him.
0: together it was a spontaneous emotion to join you in the victory that God had given but I know as we stand here Emile, you are not the only one going through difficult times I don't know what situation you find yourself in today as we are here in this place but you have heard a testimony to the faithfulness of God. And you have seen how the decision to be faithful has carried Emil through this trial. I wanna pull up again here, Patty, if you don't mind, to put the tactical approach up here because we all need to embrace this in our lives for when the walls close in, this is what we must do. Attitude is everything. Maintain a constant lifeline with God. Do not let go. If you're Jeremiah and you're looking up at that little hole, maintain that lifeline. And then you need to embrace your situation. Are you living in denial right now, even as we sit here? Embrace the situation and determine to learn the lessons. Don't let fear get the best of you today. Stay connected to the things that bring you joy and endure the trial with faithfulness. I need to extend to you this opportunity today. The opportunity, whether you're in the midst of a physical trial, a health crisis, A spiritual crisis, an emotional crisis, whatever is going on in your life. Today we have heard a testimony of how God still intervenes in the lives of his people. I will guarantee today that the Lord will bring a spiritual healing in your life. And I will also say today that it could be the Lord wants to do even more in your life. And so I want to give you the chance as we are here today, gathered in this place, in this moment, aware of the goodness of God. Kayla's going to sing another verse of this song. And if today you would like to receive spiritual healing and make your commitment to faithfulness, and place yourself before the Lord for healing in your life of whatever kind, I want to encourage you to come to the front today while we sing the next verse of this song. Come here, as your brothers and sisters did at first service, and receive from the Lord the promise of His Holy Spirit in your life. As you hear these words, please come. (laughs) let <laughs> our lives. He knows our hearts. He knows our pain. And I believe He is here today to bring His blessing and His hope and His healing to our lives. There's two more verses in this song. And wherever you are, I invite you to stand with your brothers and sisters in solidarity and in prayer that God will do in each life as is needed today let us sing these verses together with faithfulness and confidence in our hearts that God sees us and he hears and he will be with us
2: please join me Just as I
0: You have searched us, you have seen every hurt, every pain, every sorrow. Your daughter, Yamil, has come here today in keeping her covenant to speak of the goodness of the Lord in her life. And we have come believing, Lord, that the same spirit that has been a comfort to her will be a comfort for us as well. Lord, we would ask that you would deliver us from this hardship But even your best friends prayed that way sometimes. Paul said that prayer and your answer for him was, my strength is made perfect in weakness. And so, Lord, we submit ourselves to your will for our lives. We embrace our situations. We ask that you will give us an attitude of peace and love and joy that we can also be sunshine in the midst of dark times. Lord, I pray that you would heal. I know that you are touching our hearts and bringing us a spiritual healing and an emotional healing. Lord, we pray that that healing would be complete. We will give you praise and honor and glory But most of all, we pray that we would be faithful, that we would honor you, that we would live the course you have appointed for us, and that we could be like Mr. Arnold, who gave that word at the right time. Lord, come quickly. Come and set this world right again and restore us to those that we love. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In a service like this, you can't just go away. you got to hug people close to you. So nobody leaves without a hug. Guard the door.